Welcome back, everybody, to the OTH Football Podcast, College Football Edition. My name is George Ruggiero, and joined, as just about always, i got to give you a little <laughs> stick for it now and again, uh, my buddy here, David Gillespie. Uh, how are you doing, man? Hold on. Doing great, man. Doing great. Well, no, I'm not doing great. My Gamecocks still suck well, ass. My USC Trojans suck ass. My Arizona Wildcats suck ass. But you know what? I'm here just for you. I, I did you a solid today, okay? I appreciate that. All right. And look, the Gamecocks might not be doing great, but... No, they got destroyed by Texas A&M. Who hey, would have thunk, you know? Hey, but I, I did. Uh, I think it was their win like two weeks ago or something like that. Mm-hmm. After the game, uh, I was listening to an interview with their coach. He seems like a mm-hmm. really good guy. Like he seems like a smart guy. Definitely a local guy. Uh, isn't he like a rookie yeah. head coach? Like he's well, very new. Well, he's he was the former. Uh, he was the former. Uh, he is Virginia Tech guys. He's the son of Frank Beamer, the mm, former uh, that's um, right. former yeah Virginia Tech head coach. So he has ties there. He also is, he was a former assistant head coach at Oklahoma too. Yeah, that's uh, right. and Shane Beamer. He he I like him. Like he's a realist in terms of that. Like when he was talking about like going up against Georgia, he's like, yeah. well, they're clearly the more fucking talented team yeah. now that we're playing. You know? So I just like that he's like kind of like not afraid to like point out the he's truth. Realistic. He knows what he's ta- he knows um, what he's talking about. He's like. Look, but it's 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 a work in progress to say I mean, the least look, with this program. <laughs> no. He's got the pedigree. Yeah. He's coming in new to a to a program mm-hmm. that needs a good bit of work. You know, we'll put it like that. At least we're not going to put a lot. We're not going to talk a lot about um, USC, which I know yeah. we did before oh. the show um, yeah. about some of their coaching uh, inquiries, mm-hmm. uh, which yeah, could but... be interesting. Uh, Jeez. But before we hop into what we have for you guys for this episode, of course, and as always. I need to give a big shout-out to our sponsor, Symbol. Oh. Look, there we go. I know you don't Come like on. fantasy football. I know. It's not your Come thing. <laughs> I know you don't love fantasy football, but I do. And when it comes to working, you know, messing around in the stock market, maybe trying to make a little money that way, we all love to mm-hmm. do that. Symbol has created a way to have both. Two of my favorite things, fantasy football and making money, because I know I'm not, making, I'm not making money doing fantasy football. I'll tell you that right this second. <laughs> not at all. But with Symbol, it is certainly possible. So if you head on over there and use our promo code OTH, you can get a $10 deposit bonus on any deposit of $25 or more. That is a $10 deposit bonus with code OTH. So as we do with every single episode, we're going to start with our... OTH Bonafide Players of the Week. Let's um, do it. Yeah, we're going to start with defense, and, and I'm going to let you uh, lead, lead this one off. I'm going to go with uh, with Penn State defensive and Arnold Ebicady. I think, you know, it was an ugly, ugly game. We're going to get into that a little talk bit. About I mean, that one. <laughs> yikes. That, there's, there's so much to dissect with that game. I mean, that was way too damn long compared to where, where it should have ended, honestly. Uh, there are a lot of in-app play calling, a lot of... Uh, we'll get into that later on. But he had a terrific game. He was outstanding from the defensive end spot. He's been outstanding all year, honestly. Uh, but in this game in particular, with 10, ten uh, tackles, including a, a sack and a half in this uh, narrow, uh, narrowly decided uh, loss to Illinois, 20-18, to 18, he was phenomenal. So do not blame him whatsoever for that. Don't blame the defense. They did their job, honestly. It was the offensive ineptitude that really was to blame. He had an outstanding game, so I got to go with him for my defensive player. All right, and now we're just gonna jump over real quick to mine, and I didn't mention it yet, but I think we have to talk about uh, 
the uh, the sour sour <laughs> sourpuss who who's sitting behind me. Someone who is clearly unhappy to be wearing uh, a number ten red and white yeah. jersey. Uh, sorry, Peyton. You do look good in it, though. Yeah. I'll give you that. You look good. <laughs> He's looking like a pessimistic Peyton right there. You know, yeah. that's what that's that be his nickname for the the week, for to say the least, because he's he's not looking happy to be sporting that jersey, no, being a former volunteer. Not. So uh, he was not. No. Uh, and if if you don't know, um, that's from Peyton and Eli on their Monday night football shows. Uh, decided to make a quick bet on the Ole Miss Tennessee game. Whoever lost has to wear the opposing team's jersey for a half. And uh, clearly Peyton loves wearing uh, Eli's now-retired jersey mm -hmm. uh, at yeah. Ole Miss. <laughs> and speaking of Ole Miss, I understand that uh, now you guys are all going to say, oh, George, you're just being a homer. But he actually had a really good game. Named one of the, uh, I want to say either the or co-defensive SEC defensive player of the week. My pick is going to be uh, Chance Campbell from the University of Mississippi, <laughs> from the Rebels. Uh, honestly, he's been outstanding all year. He's been such a solidifying force for an Ole Miss defense that last year was somehow worse than it was <laughs> than it's been this year. Yeah. And this year, I yeah. fully understand they've had their struggles. But in games that they've played well, Chance Campbell has been right smack in the middle of mm -hmm. it. And in a game that they played extremely well against uh, LSU... Uh, he had 10 total tackles for seven assists. I mean, come on. That's ridiculous. Oh, a sack. He's been outstanding. A sack and a forced fumble. And I want to say he also recovered said fumble um, that, mm -hmm. that he forced. Uh, he's been outstanding all season. The senior uh, transfer student from Maryland, uh, Chance Campbell, has been fantastic uh, in mm -hmm. the middle linebacker spot for the Rebs. Um, now looking at offense, David, who do you have? For offense, offensive player. Of the I'm gonna, I'm gonna give some love over to Wake Forest up in North Carolina, man. They've been balling out, honestly. I, I, I like what they've been able to do. They're All seven right. and zero in the season. Uh, you know, ranked thirteenth in the country, and a big reason why is because of that offensive aerial attack. They've been absolutely formidable, intimidating, imposing to say the least. And it's all because of Sam Hartman, man. That guy has been balling out in this game, particularly against Army, dropping a 70-burger on Army. A 70-burger. How about that? That is phenomenal. 23 for 29, 458 yards, five TDs, zero turnovers through the air. So he's been absolutely, he was absolutely outstanding in this game. Uh, he's phenomenal all year, honestly. I, I'm, Wake Forest has been a, 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 an absolutely intriguing team to, to keep your eyes peeled on because they've just been so electrifying offensively. So I, I had to go. When you drop 70, and, and it wasn't a 70, by the way. We're talking about this before the game, before our podcast, excuse me. Uh, it wasn't 70 easy points. It wasn't like Army was just like, you know what? Let's take the day off defensively. We don't give a shit this week, you know? It wasn't like that. These were these were legitimate throws made by Sam Hartman throughout the course of this game to his receivers in tight coverage situations. He was on the money, man. He was right on the money. He was throwing dimes for days. Got to give love to Sam Hartman for the week. What would say you for the offensive play of the week? Uh, and I'm not just using this as a segue in, into one of our, our recaps for the week. Um I legitimately think he had a fantastic week of football. Mm -hmm. He was really, really good. Uh, and this is uh, one of my new favorite, not not just quarterbacks currently playing in college football, but also one of my favorite draft prospects, potentially. Uh, I feel yeah. as though he's got a really good arm. He's he's had he's having a breakout season. Uh, and that is Kenny Pickett 
I know yeah. he's jumping up uh, draft boards right now as we speak. Kenny Pickett has been fantastic for the Pittsburgh Panthers and against Clemson, who I understand. Clemson has had their struggles this season. I get it. And we're going to get into that. But one thing that they have not lost a lot of their talent in is their defense. Their defense is still mm-hmm. extremely talented. They're one of the best scoring yeah. defenses in the country. And Kenny Pickett just cut them apart, just shredded that defense, went 25-39. and 39. I understand that that 64% completion isn't great, but to go for 300 yards, two touchdowns, no mm-hmm. picks, uh, and, and then ran for, I mean, only 2.1 uh, yards per carry. But still, he's not a running quarterback. That's not his M.O., not his game. But Kenny Pickett mm-hmm. is a my offensive player of the week. And speaking of Mr. Pickett and the Clemson Tigers, that is a perfect segue to our first recap <laughs> of the week. I know we go. I already teased that a little bit. But um, <laughs> the Panthers took down the Tigers 27-17. to mm-hmm. And, you know, just getting into this game, I want to say, you know, this is just coming from, from my point of view. The biggest storyline of this game, and as sad as it is to say, is not about Pittsburgh. As much as it pains me to say, because I understand Pittsburgh has been fantastic yeah. this season, mm-hmm. six and one so far. They're leading their conference, leading their division. But the main story out of this game is about Clemson. It is about quarterback DJ Oyungalele, who mm-hmm. got yanked in. It was the third quarter, if I'm not mistaken, after yeah, throwing so, yes. another, a second, really bad interception. Was that it? Was that the shovel pass? I think it was the shovel pass that he yep. was, yeah, right yeah. after that. Oh, God. Yeah. Right after he, <laughs> he absolutely flubs a shovel pass that gets, it, it, he yeah. essentially handed it off to mm-hmm. to a defensive player. He gets uh, replaced by his backup, who, man, that's a last name. That's a name. Yeah. I think, I'm not even going to give a shot at that. I'm so, I don't want to be disrespectful. Yeah. We're just going to call him Tyson, okay? Tyson. We're just going to leave it at that because that's his first name. Tyson Pete. We'll we'll call him Tyson Pete because I will butcher yes. that last. That's name. the thing. You know what? I don't want to butcher that. I don't want to be disrespectful to the young man. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. He looks extremely talented. He went three of seven for twenty-three yards in very mm-hmm. limited game time. Uh, mm-hmm. To be fair to him, uh, look. What do you make of what ended up happening with the young Lele in this mm-hmm. game? Because that's really what the conversation has turned into. Like I understand Will Shipley. Did not have a great game. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Justin Ross himself didn't have a, a great game. Realistically, no one on this Clemson offense had a good game uh, against this Pitt defense that has played really well to start this season, or well, not even to start the season, throughout this season that we're already halfway through, you know, believe it or not. Um, mm-hmm. What do you make uh, of the situation that Clemson has on their hands right now with a former five-star recruit who – yeah. is still extremely talented. Like, you can see the mm-hmm. talent is there, but yeah. it just seems as though he's missing something. And I'm not sure what it is. Like, what what do you take from from this performance? I think it's, you know, there, there's a lot of th- lot of issues, I think, with him. It's it's a matter of accuracy. It's a matter of timing. It's not a matter of on top, because we see these spectacular throws. We were talking about when they got, when they, when they lost to uh, NC State, uh, um, uh, you know, uh, a few weeks ago, uh, th- there were some spectacular throws that he was making to Justin Ross, 
to Engada uh, 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 as well. I mean, there, there was some really, really spectacular plays this guy can make. But, but the, the accuracy is very inconsistent. There's a, a significant lack of comfort uh, when, when this guy faces pressure, when, this, when it gets down to crunch time. And it, it just, it's pervasive throughout his game. It's very much pervasive. Um, I think he's just panicking. He's he's panicking the po- in the pocket. And we, you know, we were talking about that that interception that led to him getting benched uh, when he threw that shovel pass to. By the way, one of the coolest names out there, Servassier. Servassier, man. I, that that guy for for uh, Servassier Dennis is is his name. The linebacker for 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 uh, Pittsburgh. I, he's got Sir as his as his prefix of his first name. That's awesome. Yeah, I love yeah, that's that. Pretty, that's pretty sick. <laughs> So I, was, yeah. I was looking to see how it's spelled. That spells yeah. just about exactly as I thought, and that's amazing. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. that so much. That that is a an, an awesome football name. Props to that guy. He had a, a, a terrific uh, parents. My goodness, they just yeah. <laughs> oh, have awesome you seen his like, right composite there, yeah. picture? I haven't seen it. No. Oh my! Pull that up for yourself real quick, because if you were to look at him, or or if he were to look at you. And someone were to tell you, would you guess that his name is Servassier? I'd be like, that's about right. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, he just it's looks so, distinguished. He looks like a Servassier, you he know? He does. He looks just yeah. distinguished. Like, that's a, that's just a dude right there. My gosh. He he looks like a badass you don't want to mess with whatsoever no. on the football field. Like, he is, he's... Yeah, you know, you, you clearly don't want to either. But uh, you no, know, yeah, with that fifty-yard uh, interception return. But he, he, DJ, just looks very lost. I mean, this is a team that offensively, there's just not outside of really. I like Ingata. He's nice. He's he's been fun t- to to watch. And Justin uh, Ross, obviously, as well. Ingata. Yeah, he wasn't in this game. No, out for this game because uh, I'm not um, seeing him on on the sheet at all. No, but, uh, no, I think he, he, he was. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't in this game. Uh, he's yeah. He, with COVID nineteen, oh, is has right. been the reason he's been out. Um, but but he's he's exceptionally talented. Joseph Engada, um, Justin Ross. Obviously, we've known for years now. You know, yeah. uh, going back to the Trevor Lawrence days. So um, it, it, it's been it, you know they've got some talent, but but they just it starts with the quarterback. Honestly, it really does start with the quarterback. The offensive line, I don't think, is as good as it previously was either. Too because there's some been some pressure that he's had to face on top of that too. But but he just he looks absolutely lost out there, and, and I'm, I'm I'm you know I, I have to say I haven't really seen Dabo Sweeney really throw him under the bus, um, which I think has been good uh, because you don't want to do that to you know to your own players and stuff. You got to find a way to put him in the right situation. Um, but 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 it really falls on his shoulders, honestly. I think he needs to find a way to turn it around. Um, but 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 Pittsburgh though, on the other hand, man, yeah. I've been very eager to talk about them. They are absolutely. Phenomenal to watch this year. So Pat Narduzzi. There's yeah, so and, much fun to watch. So much fun to watch. Kenny Pickett, he is a, a, a Heisman candidate. He may be one of the top three guys. Like, he has well, to be at this point. Yeah, Matt Corral, him, and, and, and Bryce Young. Maybe Bryce you put in a CJ Stroud. Those are probably the top four guys, though. I agree. Maybe it might be Sean Robinson out of Texas. I don't know. It just, but, but he's got to be in the mix, man. He's been outstanding. 23 touchdowns on the air. One. One interception all season. Yeah, he's been phenomenal. Um, but but the head coach Pat Narduzzi with a breakout season, the first time he's on pace to go better than an eight and five season in his entire stretch with with, with Pittsburgh. He's never gone better than eight and five in a single season he's been there. 
Um, so, you know, got to tip my hat to what he's been able to do to really get this program in the right direction. Kenny Pickett's certainly been a big reason, and his connection to Jordan Addison, who had another big uh, solid game oh, in yeah. this one with five catches for 84 yards and a touchdown. Um, they just, they're, they're an absolute thrill to watch, and they're pretty good defensively, too. Yeah. I mean, they're ranked 27th in the nation in terms of points per game, holding them, holding teams to under 20 points per game. So, you know, you got to say, you got to tip your hat to what they're doing on both sides of the ball because it's a big reason why they're 6-1 and one and off to a hot start, uh, ranking the top 25 this far through seven games. Yeah, and this is one of those games, or one of those teams, excuse me, where if you look at how their performance has stacked up, uh, uh, not just historically, mm -hmm. but how they've looked uh, on the season, especially in comparison to the rest of their conference realistically looking at all the records looking at the schedules going forward we might actually see an acc championship game between wake forest and pittsburgh and yeah like both those teams are already bowl eligible both those teams it, you know if they go through and win their division and win their conference we could be talking about a, a pittsburgh and or wake forest you know, really big name bowl game like Cotton Bowl or something like that. Like we could be talking about those teams in a very big bowl game. You know, of course, I don't expect you know a, a one loss Pittsburgh to make it into the playoff as good Dude. as they've been. And I'll never forget too, like the last time Wake Forest in particular was, uh, or, or even like you know you know Pittsburgh too being this 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 threatening. It's been a while as well. Oh yeah. But, but Wake Forest. Can you just imagine, this will be the first, this could be the first time going back to 2010 that we've not seen Florida State or Clemson in the ACC championship game. It's constantly been those guys. Oh, yeah. So to see some change up in this team, and, and, you know, not to mention Clemson being in the last six years, it's like, Jesus, let's get some, let's get some change in there for once. You know, it'll be absolutely nice to see some diversity in terms of other teams getting in there. Uh, namely with, with teams that you can't help but root for. Like, I, I can't help but root for a Wake Forest. I can't help but root for a Pittsburgh. Uh, um, and, you know, it's it, it just it's an absolute thrill to see them really just, just turn on the Jets and just go absolutely full throttle this, this season to just break out and have a spectacular year. Um, it, it, it's just been absolutely fun to see, see Pittsburgh in particular play. Their offense is absolutely for And, two on, on top of that, you know, the teams they've beaten this year, it's not like they've, you know, they've played some, you know, mediocre competition. UMass isn't as serious, you know, uh, and they did, uh, you I know, mean, on top of that, lose to Western Michigan. But they've beaten Tennessee, you know. They're not too shabby, you know. Next time and they I beat Clemson. See, I, want, I want to see Peyton. I want to see Peyton in a, in a Pittsburgh jersey. <laughs> That'd be great. That'd be great, honestly. And, and you know what's funny, too, is like Pittsburgh's one of those programs that I feel like kind of gets swept under the rug. A lot of our favorite NFL players have come out of the University of Pittsburgh. Yeah. You know, Darrell Revis, LaShawn McCoy, Aaron Donald. You yeah. know, uh, I mean, Dan Marino came out of Pittsburgh. The, the list goes on. Tony Dorsett. There's so many legendary players that have come from that program, and I'm just I'm happy to see them kind of slowly but surely be on the uh, incline get, get to get back. back on top again. Yeah, uh, uh, really increase their their program's trajectory. And I mean, like I said, just kind of looking forward for the for these teams. I mean, I'm looking at Clemson. And, you know, do I see, I, you know, I see maybe another loss or two on their schedule. And, and I mean, look, if Lele does not get it together, realistically, mm -hmm. I only see one more win. And that's because they play yeah. UConn at some point. And mm -hmm. I, I think that's <laughs> kind of self-explanatory. Um, <laughs> he did get back in the game later on, but it, it's still so like, you know. He did. You're right. Yeah. He did. 
he got back into playing in the game, but he did yeah. not get back in the game. He no, was still no. Oh, yeah. as ineffective. This is decided. Yeah, ineffective as he was earlier on through the game, and I think. Oh, this is going to sound bad. This might just be a little bit... I don't want to say biased in a way, but in a way, I think part of this has to come down to coaching. And this is the last thing we're, we're going to say about this game uh, because we have a, a bunch of recaps that, that yeah. we need to get through. So th I think this is going to be the last thing I I'd like to cover it, it for this game. Mm -hmm. I think this comes down to coaching. I think a lot mm -hmm. of this comes down to coaching because I fully understand he's extremely talented. He's a good rusher. He's very athletic. He's got the arm strength, but it seems as though what he's been not good at is, one, his poise. He has not been poised in the pocket. He crumbles, absolutely crumbles under any sort of pressure. He doesn't have any sort of game plan in place from Dabo Sweeney that is forcing his receivers to get open. Like, when was the last time you saw him throw, like, a screen? Like, just to get the ball out of his hand, you know, quickly enough to where he doesn't have to be the guy who holds onto the ball. And I think some of that is a lot of carryover from the last two quarterbacks that Sweeney, you know, somehow got at Clemson. Two guys that are just so supremely talented that he mm -hmm. was able to just say, all right, quarterback, go. And, yeah. and, and now that he has a guy that needs coaching, needs development, needs a scheme around him to succeed, mm -hmm. I don't know if this coaching staff is currently – adequately prepared mm -hmm. to put that together for a guy. Now, I'm not saying that they can't do that going forward because that's certainly possible. You know, yeah. I still have faith in a coaching staff that was able to, you know, over the last, let's just say, six, five, six years, win multiple, you know, college championship games. You know, mm -hmm. we're not talking about some slouches. I might not mm -hmm. like them, but I can respect that they're good coaches. So I think some more of this... Uh, young mm -hmm. Alele blame has to land in the coaching staff's lap just based yeah. on you know it seems as though he's not being put in the best situation to succeed mm -hmm. and that based on his relative lack of experience is kind of pushing him even further into you know that that type of hole um mm -hmm. but enough about yeah. the less good yeah i'm gonna say worse worse excuse yeah. me uh, team from the Carolinas. And we're going to go on and talk about, at this point, might be an OTH football fan favorite team in a way. Yeah. Uh, hey, let's do it. Yeah, they, they play on a teal field. Uh, we're talking about, of course, everybody's favorite Roosters, yeah. uh, the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers, who took yep. on App State. And App State is always one of those teams and correct me if I'm wrong, and I know you won't, uh, App State is one of those teams where it seems every single year that they have that one game where they go into a game, it's either at home, they do it anywhere that they can. They go into one game against a highly ranked opponent and just somehow flip the script, make them play the App State football game, <laughs> and end up taking it and end up winning. So App State ended up winning this one on a last-second field goal, 30-27, uh, to 27, taking down number 14, Coastal Carolina. And like I said, this just turned into one of those games where it seemed as though defensively 
App State was really able to kind of push the Chanticleers into playing their game. This ended up being a, a game where App State's game plan was better, they executed to perfection, and this close. Yeah. The, the talent. Very close. The talent that Coastal Carolina has, which is exceptional. I mean, I still really mm -hmm. like Grayson McCall. Um, yeah. Reese White and He's Jamar nice. Jones are, are mm -hmm. both really solid running backs. We're talking about mm -hmm. a talented team here. And, I mean, uh, how do you pronounce that name? It's a, Is it Javen Haley? Yeah, I would say Javen Haley, I would Javen say. Javen Haley yeah. Yeah. had another spectacular game, six catches for mm -hmm. 103 yards. He was yeah. very good. But mm -hmm. when you come up against a team that has as good a game plan and forces you to play into their scheme, it becomes extremely difficult, even for exceptional talent, to come out on top. And that's exactly what happened. App State, the Mountaineers, at home, mm -hmm. you know, fans rushing the field after a game-winning field goal against, at the mm -hmm. time, number 14, Coastal Carolina. I mean... It, there really isn't a whole, whole much more to say other than you just have to really give a lot of props here to App State. I mean, they forced yeah. the turnovers when they needed to. Mm -hmm. uh, they got to Coastal Carolina and ended up with the win. Yeah. They, well, they had that huge onside kick, too, at the mm -hmm. beginning of the second quarter that led yeah. to a huge uh, uh, deep ball to, to Malik Williams. They've got some some offensive players themselves. I mean, yeah, do. you know, don't get me wrong. Uh, I, I like Coastal Carolina. Their, their offense, you know, they, they shot to Chanticleer. She got to pronounce it very <laughs> distinguished like, you know. Chanticleer, I do declare, you what know. Like Sean <laughs> exactly. It's like the office when they're, they're doing the, it's been a murder, I do declare, you know. Murder, declare. <laughs> Talking about but anyways, the Chanticleers, um, shaking not stirred. <laughs> shaking not stirred. There's a little Sean Connery to that, for sure. <laughs> Um, but they've, they've been outstanding this year. I mean, this is their first loss of the season. Now, let's be real. They've played teams like Arkansas State, you know, Buffalo with, you know, like, you know, post Khalil Mack, because obviously that was the only really time that I think we've really taken Buffalo seriously as like a football yeah. team. Don't forget uh, UMass, Louisiana Monroe, the Citadel, like, <laughs> yeah, you know, the, 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 like, there's, there's South Carolina, there's Coastal Carolina. There's Clemson, and then there's the Citadel down here in South, in terms of South Carolina teams, you know? So, uh, with all due respect to the Citadel, I'm just being real about there it. There is none. <laughs> but, uh, but Grayson McCall, man, he's been outstanding this year. You know, 77% completion, just one interception himself on the season. Um, State, man, they get after it. They absolutely yeah. get after it. They shut down Isaiah Likely, who actually was maybe their biggest focal point. Uh, to, to, to focus on uh, um, in this offense, their tight end, who I give a shout-out to, uh, you know, the, was it two weeks ago, I want to say? Yeah, it was two uh, weeks yeah. ago I gave a shout-out. Uh, and his, in a huge, huge game, a huge performance he had, uh, where he had the four touchdowns in the game. Um, uh, a tremendous tight end, potentially an NFL-caliber tight end. Um, he was shut down, two catches for 32 yards. He was basically, you know, irrelevant in this game. They, they did a tremendous job, honestly, um, forcing a, a couple drive-killing sacks in the fourth quarter on top of that, too. Um, Chase Bryce, you know, speaking of Clemson, former backup to Trevor Lawrence, yeah. transferring over now to App State. Had a terrific game, 347 yards, two touchdowns. Had some tremendous connections with Malik Williams and Corey Xavier Sutton as two go-to exactly wide receivers. That's exactly I was going. I mean, look, yeah. when, when you're able to put together 300 and, what is that, 19 yards between yeah. two receivers? Yeah, 347 mean, yards, but yeah. Hmm? 304, or, 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 yeah, between those two, yeah, yeah, Between, exactly. you know, Williams and Xavier Sutton, you know, mm -hmm. those two guys caught for a combined, you know, 319 mm -hmm. yards. That's insane. The fact that, like, yeah. 
somehow, like, this just is part of this where it doesn't make sense to me, and when you've got mm-hmm. receivers that are as good as those two guys, because clearly, excuse me, they were able to create their own separation. They didn't have to be game-planned, like, through when it comes to their offense for App State. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you've got two guys where, you know, they... App, for the record, App State only had four receivers catch a ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And two of them had one reception. Like, that's <laughs> that's <laughs> insane. So, I mean, Malik Williams yeah. and Xavier Sutton were clearly, you know, very mm-hmm. difficult, uh-uh, impossible mm-hmm. for this game, for Coastal Carolina to, <laughs> to really stop. Yeah. So, I mean, Chase Bryce had a great game. Just overall, yeah. no turnovers, uh, managed Terrific the game, game well, you know, had the deep ball when he needed to. Just a fantastic excuse me, fantastic mm-hmm. game from, from Chase Brooks. Yeah. yeah, I just, you know, it, it, it's unfortunate for Coastal Carolina getting off to that hot start and losing to a team like App State. They're still in the rankings. They're still 24th in the nation. Yep. But but getting, you know, losing to that, you know, uh, to an Appalachian State, who, who has some, they have some talent there, don't get me wrong. Uh, it will certainly hurt, hurt their chances if they, they dream for a lofty bowl game because, mm-hmm. I mean, let's be real. Like with the schedule that they have, it's it's highly doubtful that even yeah. if they would have went undefeated, that they would have went uh, uh, to the um, to the, the the college football playoff. But um, you know, they're still a, a, a very formidable team. They just their secondary got absolutely shredded. They have a very good secondary, only allowing 180 yards passing, uh, uh, you know, per game uh, uh, this season. Um, but but you know, with, with Alex Spillum and with 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 Jordan Bush and Derek Bush on top of that too. Um, you know, they've got some talent, but it's just been – State had their number. They absolutely had their number through the air game in this particular one. So it just was – it was crazy. It was absolutely crazy. Coming down to the wire with a field goal, with time expiring, it was a heartbreaker. It was an absolute heartbreaker. And, and shit, we shouldn't take App State, you know, uh, uh, for granted from here on out, I feel like. Because they're, they're one of those teams. It was like a – and almost reminded me that Michigan win. You know, I, I think what you're saying about the, the upsets – they, they play teams tough, but I think the last big upset that they have was probably that 2000 Michigan game. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember that was like, you know, when Michigan was highly touted, you know, yeah. uh, coming off that, 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 uh, the year, uh, in 2006 with, with, uh, um, that was, uh, the you know, with, like with Lloyd Carr really, and all that stuff. Really big one. Yeah. Yeah. And then, but that, that huge, you know, that blocked field goal and everything, that was the last one that I recall, but I could be wrong about that. I've looked over the last few years, at least since they've been in the FBS and I haven't seen a big upset, but they played some teams tough, though. They played some, 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 uh, uh, you know, more serious competition tough. Uh, and Coastal Carolina, like, let's be real. I mean, you know, they're they're not a a, a college football playoff caliber team, but they're yeah. they're a team that you shouldn't you shouldn't slight one one bit because they can get some things going. And you know, I talked about some of the playmakers already, especially offensively. This is a team that can that, that can shock some teams, you know. Now, if we're talking about upsets. I don't think that there was a bigger upset than a game that went a lot longer than anybody yeah, expected. Oh, God. Now, I, I know coming into this one, you had some thoughts on this game. You, you had some some qualms, yeah. if you will, with this game. Gee. Um, we're talking about the Illinois Fighting Illinois beating... Penn State and any Lions. Uh, this was at Happy Valley, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah. Twenty to eighteen, after nine overtimes. <laughs> nine. Oh god. Well, I have to ask real quick. What do you think about this format with with 
the you know starting on the 25 yard line at first and then the, and then so, after three uh two overtimes you go into the two point conversion what do you think about the college football play uh the college football excuse me overtime format so that's actually like was going to be my big point from this game because look as much as you know oh it's cool illinois end up beating penn state who was number seven at the time they're down to 20 now you know yeah. the game itself was bad like this mm-hmm. was not oh, yeah. a good football game to watch. No. Um, neither team was like... Listen, think about this. Put this in a perspective. Put this in your brain, everybody, if you're watching or listening. <laughs> Illinois won this game, and they threw for 38 yards. Chase Brown, man, leaned to carry the team on his back, that running back, you know? <laughs> they threw... For 38 yards. That like, is that is that is pathetic pitiful. and pitiful. Disgusting. Yeah. And like honestly, it wasn't much better from the other side. Like Penn State, like Sean yeah. Clifford, was averaging 4.9 oh, yards a pass. God. That's like a running mm-hmm. back having a an okay day. That's not even a great yeah. day from a running back. Like let's keep mm-hmm. that in mind. So like you said, Chase Brown from Illinois had himself a day. He was fantastic, uh, but. You asked specifically. I know, I know you asked specifically about the uh, overtime setup or layout uh, format of college football. And uh, look, I don't like it. It's bad. Yeah. It, it's. I don't it, like it either. <laughs> now, here's the funny thing. After I think it was like a year or two ago, where there was like a five overtime game between Texas A&M and oh, who was it? I, I can't remember who they played at the time, mm-hmm. but the whole thing behind the two point LSU was, it was LSU, was LSU right? Yeah, um, seven overtimes. Seven, excuse me. Yeah, they changed it to have where to where it's uh, after two overtime periods. You know, mm-hmm. they go to the two point conversion yeah. line at like the five, mm-hmm. yeah. and what, what what do they do? Get a game that's even longer. Yeah, I mean, come on, like, look, it does not make sense to me. In the mm-hmm. slightest. Now, the regular overtime periods, the start from the 25, you know, you get four downs, whatever. I don't mind that as much. I mm-hmm. Like, there's a charm to that. You know, like, there, mm-hmm. there's there's a little bit of creativity that teams need to use. Like, there's mm-hmm. there's some charm to that. I understand the, the idea of the – I like the NFL overtime better, where it's essentially yeah. – in a way, it's golden goal. In a way, it's, yeah. like, it's like a hockey overtime where – That's what I prefer. No, and I, I fully understand that. I prefer it as well. But I don't understand w- what was the thought process behind the two-point conversion weird yeah. like, thing because clearly it doesn't work. You know, yeah. and even to an extent, the mm-hmm. you get the ball to 25 doesn't work because this is multiple seasons now where – they're pursuing rule changes again mm-hmm. because a game that started at 11 a.m. went until like four in the afternoon. <laughs> like this game went oh, forever. God. You know, uh, it, it was just a it bad was, game. Oh, it was. It was. And the thing it really is, was. what makes it worse is, is like looking at the Big Ten. That second loss, especially that second Big Ten loss, essentially means that Penn State's done. They're done. Mm-hmm. They can't come back. Yeah. 
Unless no. all of a sudden Ohio State sucks, yeah. Michigan State and Michigan suck, and they just like essentially lose out, which I don't see happening, especially because Penn State has to go ahead and play Ohio State still, mm-hmm. and yeah. Columbus. Yeah, good luck, Penn State, on that one. I, and I, I like Penn State a lot, but and, good luck. Oh, let me let me rephrase this. Let me, let me go. Let me go ahead with this. Okay, looking forward for Penn State. They're done. It's as simple as this mm-hmm. because they play in Columbus. Michigan goes to Happy Valley, and then they play at Michigan State. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's game, a rough way to close out the season. Uh, there's, out, Ma- yeah. there's Maryland in there as well, but still, you know, mm-hmm. Maryland and Rutgers are mixed in there. Which those two teams are, you know, if if you catch Maryland on a on a hot streak with Talia there, uh, mm-hmm. that's Talia Tungavailoa. Um, mm-hmm. He's been pretty good so far, you know, yeah. this season. I've liked him, mm-hmm. but you know, nonetheless, <clears throat> looking at how this game affects Penn State, I mean, yeah. I, I understand you wanted to, you know, you had a bit of a rant that I think mm-hmm. you're still waiting oh, for with Penn State. I mean, I'm just kind of fed up with it. Like, oh, it's. Ugh. Sean Clifford, like, whatever. He's just <laughs> like I, I hate. I feel and sound so dejected about this, just because it seems like the same things that we harp yeah. on with him every yeah. single time. Yeah, he's a game manager that's not so good at managing the game. You know, yeah, he can't seem to get the ball to his receivers. His receivers can't seem to get open consistently. Mm. I mean, I like Jahan Dotson. I think really right now and as I like lately, Dotson. You're right. Dotson's yeah. good, but like... It, it, it's that connection or dead. That's it. If that connection is not there... I mean, Parker Washington is not bad at the other receiver spot, but but it's Jahan Dotson and Sean Clifford, or they're dead offensively. They're just unheard of. Like Noah Kane, I don't buy into him this year. He, he is significantly... Regressed. He had 11 carries, 43 yards, not even four yards a pop this game, which he hasn't been averaging on the season already. So it's like, well, you, you, it's basically, I'm sorry, you didn't fall short of the expectations. You met the expectations. You were forgettable again in this game. And it's a shame. And I'm not trying to pile on Noah Kane because he's a decent back in previous years. But this year, he's been absolutely forgettable. So when they shut that down, there's nothing going offensively. And that was as clear as day once we got into the overtime pad, you know, the overtime sequence where... It was just, you know, whether it was the, the, the drives from the 25 or going into the two-point versions after the first two overtimes. And it's just the play calling was pathetic, honestly, with running draw plays when you should have been passing, when it was clearly there was stuff in the box, when they were clearly, you know, in position to just absolutely stifle you. And it, it just was, you know, they had these failed uh, 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 jet sweep reverse passes, too, that weren't the, even caught, you know. Really special. Both teams did, yeah. And it was just, oh, my God. What are you doing out there? It just was, it was bad on all fronts. I mean, I thought both teams, it was both teams ineptitude from a playing standpoint and from a coaching standpoint when it got into those overtimes. It could a lot sooner. In fact, Penn State on one of those, uh, it was, I believe it was the, uh, um, it was the second, oh, no, it was the first overtime, excuse me, that they almost picked it up. Jaquan Brisker. Their safety almost picked off one of those jet sweep reverse passes in the first overtime, and we could have been done, but he dropped it. And I'm and, and he's a defender, so I'm gonna you know cut him some slack on that one. But slack, yeah. But but it's just like but you know then we went to eight more overtimes on top of that. It just seemed like the play calling was absolutely ridiculous. Finally, Casey Washington sealed the deal. But 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 Penn State offensively is such a liability, and they've always been on the outside looking in to get into the college football playoff. They never made it to the college football playoff. 
since its, in, it's, its inception. Uh, um, you know, so they they're consistently once again on the outside looking in. Um, I loved how the defense played. You know, to, to keep them contained, especially Arnold Abicadi, but. You know, offensively, they were pathetic. Now, I, I will tell my hat to Illinois, though, because they were, you know, out of the run game. Out of their run game. Yeah. Uh, not the pass game. Ar- Arter Sitkowski, that guy was forgettable, okay? No, no disrespect. Sitkowski, but, more like sitting yeah. on the bench ski. Come yeah, on. Like, exactly, yeah. Sitkowski, you know? He averaged. <laughs> yeah. This hurts my brain. This, like... Yeah. Uh, I, I watch a good offense literally every weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, he averaged two yards a, a, a pass. Oh, uh, 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 yards, one interception, two lost fumbles. Yeah. You were basically leaning on the run game. It was Chase Brown and Josh McCray. Chase Brown with 223 yards. Uh, Josh McCray with 142. They had 357 yards rushing total. How does Sean, uh, it's just how does Sean Clifford feel knowing? That he had a lower QBR than a guy who threw for 38 yards in a pick. <laughs> God help him. Honestly, I hope he's doing all right. Don't give him a courtesy call this week. Oh, no, I, I like Sean. I like Sean Clifford, but he's regressed over the last few weeks significantly, and I hope he can get back to being a a, a good quarterback. Like he previously was a good quarterback, I thought in previous years, but. This year, I think he's he's very significantly devolved into someone that has really struggled to even manage games, like you had said. Um, but but I got to tip my hat to the run game from Illinois. Also, on top of that, too, think about this, too. They were 9 for 18 on third down, predominantly running the ball. That's oh, yeah. pretty damn good. Oh, yeah. Running the ball and being that predictable and still converting half the time on third down. I got to tip my hat to them for, for doing that. Uh, Rushing-wise, and no. But, yeah, this the, the play calling was a mess. The 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 the, the lapses were a mess, uh, and, and I'm honestly shocked too that Illinois came away with this, considering the fact that uh, maybe they just accidentally stumbled into an upset. To be honest, because like I don't know if you remember Brett Bielema like kind of berating his team and saying we don't have a good enough talented team, oh, which yeah. is not something you probably should be saying as a head coach. I think that was a very disrespectful for him to be saying that you're the one who recruited this team, so it's on you. It's incumbent upon you to develop these guys into star players, if you ask me. So don't oh, be complaining about the team and say, oh, I don't have a good enough team. Well, you're the guy who recruited them. So what are you talking about here? Anyways, uh, it seemed like they almost stumbled upon this this upset. I don't know. What, what, do you, what did you take away? I mean, honestly, like, I don't have much. You covered just about yeah. everything with this game because it was just an absolute clown show. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. all in all, awful disgraceful like like this is a game where i went back and watched some of this game Mm -hmm. and i regret it like i want my time back give me back whatever (laughs) like like to prepare for this i went back and watched some of the highlights penn state or or, yeah penn state because you guys were worse you owe me Mm -hmm. some time give me my 35 (laughs) minutes back i i want my time back and i'll never get it so I was like, I was actually like working out. I was about to work out like right after the game. I was like, okay, I'm gonna work out right after the game. Um, but I was still watching college football while I'm working out. But yeah. I was like, let me keep my eyes glued to this TV as opposed to like focusing on the game while working out first. So I was just like, okay, let's get this game done. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, it when the fuck is this done? Like going, ten minutes later, and you know, going, you know, and later, going. You know? Oh man, yeah. it was awful. Oh god. So we have another upset. One yeah. more upset to get to, and it's another one mm-hmm. uh, that came down to just a three-point mm-hmm. uh, difference. So, it did. 
we've got unranked Iowa State. Mm-hmm. The Cyclones taking down the Oklahoma State Cowboys 24-21. to mm-hmm. And this is another one where we look like idiots again. Yeah. <laughs> we look like idiots again, don't we? Uh, I, did, did I, I did pick... Oh, did I pick Oklahoma State? I think I did, yeah. We didn't pick this game last week. Oh, we did? Oh, no, no, that's right. What am I saying? I wouldn't have picked it because I wasn't here that's last yeah. week. What am I well, saying? Well, either Sorry, that and we just didn't really look at it because, mm-hmm. you know, Iowa State's been not good so far to start, mm-hmm. the, you know, yeah. through so far through the season compared to their normal standard. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But, you know, there there are some players that we kind of picked out and uh, yeah. have <laughs> been a little bit rude to. Uh, I'm not apologizing either. Don't expect yeah. me to. Um, no apologies. No apologies. Um, I, when I say it, I mean it. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> this man, this is another one where I, I don't want to say this one was mm-hmm. actually that bad of a game. You know, both these no, teams... No, 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 I this this game was a lot better played. Uh, we we had some some interesting special teams, um, especially like I, this is the one I feel bad for, is the fact that Tanner Brown, the Oklahoma State kicker, missed both of his field goal attempts. Which yeah, you know, yeah. in a way, that's six points off the board, and, mm-hmm. and if those points are on the board, mm-hmm. one yeah. that different story, very different story, and two, you know, kickoffs and, and different type of field position lead to very different types of possessions from the other team, mm-hmm. um, especially when you've got, like, a momentum pendulum like mm-hmm. this game was. Like, Oklahoma State came out and played well. Then Ohio, or excuse me, Iowa State uh, mm-hmm. came back and tied it up and, and was playing yeah. well. Uh, and it just came down to that third quarter where Iowa mm-hmm. State outscored them 10 to nothing, um, yeah. as opposed to, you know, that first quarter where Iowa State didn't score. So mm-hmm. uh, the, the the guy that we're talking about, or at least I'm talking about, that deserves <laughs> a bit of an apology. He's still not going to get one from me. Um, do I hold Sounds grudges? <laughs> I, don't, I don't hold grudges. I just, you know, I stand by what I say. Uh, Brock Purdy <laughs> had a really good game. He was 27-33 to 33 for 307 yards and two touchdowns, though that is not to say that mm-hmm. Spencer Sanders had a bad game because he was good too. He he was really solid. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he shocked me honestly. Yeah, again, well, the thing is, he's yeah. been really good, like just for the season, like as a whole, mm-hmm. which that's been what's so surprising to me. Uh, Sanders for this game was 15 of 24 for 225 and three passing touchdowns. Neither of them threw for any interceptions. Um, I guess you could say the biggest, uh, in a way, disappointment maybe from this game mm-hmm. was. Um, Brees Hall. Yeah, he was definitely the biggest disappointment. He had that one big run for 28 yards, but outside of that, it was an explosive run, by the way. It was a nice run. Um, one of the best backs in the nation. Certainly expected him to kind of kind of contribute a little more out of the out of the ground game. Did have 37 yards on the on the uh, through the air, so he did have over 107 yards from scrimmage, but expected more though nonetheless from the ground game. Mm-hmm. You know, and this game in a way, can really kind of just be summed up by, like, small miscues because both teams played well. Like, both teams legitimately mm-hmm. came in, executed their game plan yeah. well. Uh, J- Jalen Warren for Oklahoma mm-hmm. State had a very nice day. Uh, mm-hmm. 18 carries for 76 yards. Um, mm-hmm. n- really no turnovers. Uh, Brennan mm-hmm. Presley fumbled, but, re- you mm-hmm. know, it didn't go the other way. Um, no interceptions. It really was a well-played football game. The only thing that it mm-hmm. really came down to was Brennan Presley. Uh, excuse mm-hmm. me, not Brennan Presley. What, what am I talking oh. about? Um, Tanner Brown, pardon me. Um, 
Tanner Brown's kicking, uh, which is a shame to say because, you know, I, I really don't like having to put things on any one player's performance. But all in all, both teams played well. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it just happens yeah. that uh, Iowa State came out on top. Uh, that's yeah. really all I've got for this one because mm. it was it was a clean game. Like, it, it, yeah. it was legitimately, uh, like, a good, clean mm -hmm. game of football. You know, shanks happen. It sucks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, like, it, that, that kind of just is what it is. Like, uh, yeah. that, that's really what's what's kind of a shame about this you know, this one. I will say, I'm not the, the, the biggest, you know, the, the person I probably, you know, I, I guess I have to apologize to two guys because, like, you know, I like Brock Purdy, I, I, but I don't, like, I don't think, like, I think he's more so... He's not someone that could carry the team over the top. I don't believe, but he played very well in this game. Yeah. He uh, um, you know, he really did. And and Spencer Sanders, though, I went into. I went into even more than Brock Purdy. Uh, when we had talked about Oklahoma State, I was not a believer in Spencer Sanders, honestly. I, I know you say, you say you, you viewed him as having his, as a you viewed him as having a good year this year. I didn't know if I could quite see it as the same way. He's had a good game this the, the, you know against Iowa State. He was a formidable enough defense. Um, but but you know with 15 for 24 for 225 yards and three TDs to zero picks, but but I, I just I don't know if he's the the guy that I can trust to make to make those throws down the field, you know to you know did have some connections to Brennan Presley for instance I did have some nice connections too uh, uh, to Tay Martin former Wazoo Koo. Um it's really really good connections including a really nice touchdown pass too late in the game, um, but but I I, I you know. I just I was not a huge believer in him overall, and I, I didn't expect him. If I would have predicted this game, I would have said Iowa State would have come out with this, especially with Brees Hall back there. Brock Purdy, I think, is a better quarterback compared to Spencer Sanders. I take Iowa State's defense more seriously than Oklahoma State, and Iowa State, uh, or excuse me, uh, um, you know, I, I would have taken them, uh, uh, you know. Um, yeah, I would have taken them a little more seriously. So I, I just think, yeah, honestly, Iowa State coming away with this game it just was, it, it was, it, it, you know, they're, they're a team that, 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 they've got a complete team, honestly. It, it, you know, like, in terms of, like, where they can really complement each other. Uh, you know, I just would say the only thing that's maybe not necessarily, you know, 100% complete is is what they've got out of the passing game to kind of carry the team on their back if you rely on Brock Purdy to do so. But, um, but I enjoyed this game. I absolutely enjoyed, you know, watching this game and, uh, Xavier Hutchinson, the connections between him and Brock Purdy was really nice to see. Um, just a little surprise, yeah, Brees Hall didn't really turn it over, uh, or didn't really uh, um, turn on the Jets and just get himself going out of the ground game and really, really uh, uh, impose his will on this opposing Cowboys defense. Yeah, I, you know, it's one of those things I, I feel like with this game where Oklahoma State had been on such a tear, Going in, you know, they hadn't lost yet. Or, uh, excuse me, had they lost? No, that, that was their first loss, actually. They mm -hmm. undefeated going in, ranked eighth um, in the country, going into Iowa State in Iowa. Um, you know, it's one of those ones where, is it an upset? Yes, of course. You know, you've got an unranked team taking down a top ten team. So, certainly an upset. But, uh, you know, just looking a little bit deeper at, at, at the team's construction, how they had been mm -hmm. playing, that type of thing. It shouldn't be all too surprising that Iowa State was able to uh, come away with that win. Um, yeah. Speaking of teams that are in the well, now they're actually number three in the country. Uh, mm -hmm. They're still stuck at number three. No, mm -hmm. two. Excuse me. I think they went up. Um, 
Are you talking about Oklahoma? Uh, Oklahoma. They're still at three, yeah. right? I think they're at three, yeah. Or did they fall one? No, they're at four now. Excuse me. Alabama went up. Oh, four. I'm sorry. They're at four, yeah. Uh, right. Seeing as Kansas gave them a little bit of a scare. Kansas. They did give them a scare. Uh, yeah, we don't have a ton, ton of time left. So, you know, mm -hmm. we're going to have to, to uh, kind of shoot through these last two uh, recaps. Um, and then our, our um, previews for next week. Mm -hmm. uh, the big thing for me with this one is Caleb Williams is interesting, to say the least. He, uh, I feel he's clutch. I like him. He's clutch. He's got that something, that juice to him, that mm -hmm. that special something. Uh, I mean, his fourth quarter alone yeah. was oh, outstanding. God. He was yeah. so good. He ended up 15-20 for uh, 178, two touchdowns and a pick. And I understand that Caleb Williams is going to get the glory for this game, mm -hmm. but I feel like it, uh, we would be remiss if we did not talk about how good Kansas played. Like, mm -hmm. just going into this game, Kansas had a very similar, um, it seems, structure to how uh, App State uh, went in and took down Coastal. Mm -hmm. They They went through... Their defense, their defense played exceptionally well up until those last, you know, two quarters in, in essence. That the second half. Mm -hmm. uh, so Oklahoma ended up putting up thirty-five points in two quarters, um, mm -hmm. but up until that point, Kansas was all over them. You know, they forced a pick yeah. on Caleb Williams, forced a couple fumbles. Um, you know, they they got to this Oklahoma offense, and you know, it, it came down to the point to where all right. They're just better. Yeah. Know, it came down to talent. Jason yeah. Bean for Kansas mm -hmm. played uh, again. He also had a really solid game, 17 to 23 mm -hmm. for 246 and a touchdown. Uh, and then for them, yeah. their rushing game. David, Devin Neal, excuse me, 23 carries yeah. for 100 yards and two scores. Mm -hmm. That's incredibly impressive. You know, this mm -hmm. is one of those games where Kansas came out, they played their game, they executed their game plan well. They just are. So I don't want to say devoid of talent because they're clearly not for them to be able mm -hmm. to do that to Oklahoma yeah. for as long as they did in that game. They clearly have talented players. Oklahoma just is in that next level, that upper yeah. echelon of talent mm -hmm. uh, and good coaching for that matter. I, I mm -hmm. do like Lincoln Riley um, where, you know, it, it just is what it is. You know, even they're the opposite in this case of coastal, mm -hmm. Coastal had mm -hmm. more talent than App State, but App State was close enough to where they were able to eke out the win. Between Oklahoma and Kansas, simply not the case. Yeah, it, this was you know this was a really intriguing game. Uh, you know they grinded it out. Kansas honestly got you, they put their heart and soul into this 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 game. Honestly, leading seventeen seven in this game yep. with uh, you know uh, going you know into you know late into the game. Honestly, it's just tremendous to see. Uh, 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 you know, what they were able to accomplish, um, uh, you know, throughout the majority of this game. I mean, with a minute 30 left to go in the third quarter, 17-7 lead, two-possession lead, not only over a Power 5, you know, legitimate threat, you know, uh, uh, top-notch ranked team, but a college football playoff flirting team. You know, and this is a program that is that was that suffered, the, the you know, at the, the face of embarrassment, you know, suffered with, with the, the face of embarrassment due to the, the Les Miles scandal. You know, and, and after he had left uh, uh, Kansas, you know, uh, for, for, you know, his past at LSU. Um, uh, and 
very, very disturbing stuff. And, and, and you know, for them to come out, and, and, and it's been a rough season. I mean, they started out with a win to, to begin off the year against South Dakota and lost, you know, lost five straight. And then going into this one, they did lose their six straight. But, but man, I mean, they, they, they really, really uh, uh, put everything they had into this game. And I got to tip my hat to them. But uh, um, Oklahoma, though, once again, pulling away with a nail-biter at the same time because six of their last eight wins have been decided by seven points or less, including Texas. Mm. You got Kansas State, West Virginia, Nebraska, Tulane. So a lot of close nail-biting victories. Um, but I will say this, though. Caleb Williams, man, like I was saying earlier, I'll reiterate this. That guy is clutch, man. I, I, I just love the way this guy is able to maneuver, man. I, I mean, he had that clutch 40-yard touchdown run on the QB counter on fourth down and three with eight minutes to go. He had that another clutch fourth down and one, taking the ball out of Kennedy Brooks' hands, <laughs> taking it out when he's getting stuffed with less than 3.30 to go in the, third, in the, in the fourth quarter uh, to keep the lead, man. I, I couldn't believe that. I, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. He's like, hey, I got you. If you're, you're in trouble, man, Give me the ball, I'll take it from me, and I'll get the first down, you know? He didn't leave his, his, his teammates out there to dry, you know? And, and, and I just, it was absolutely sensational to see him once again come away with, the, you know, a, a big win. I mean, albeit against Kansas, but still to put in those clutch moments and, and to, to deliver spectacular highlights like that, I think it's got to invigorate this, this Oklahoma team um, as they move uh, down the final stretch of their season. Um, getting to the last four games. I mean, it, this this offense is really going to be clicking with Caleb Williams, and you know, I, I, this is going to be sound a little little uh, disrespectful to say, maybe to some degree, but they have to look at Spencer Rattler in the rearview mirror at this point and say, you know, sorry, we'll see you later. You know, yeah. I don't want to say yeah. bye, Felicia. But, you know, <laughs> like it's Caleb Williams' time. Like that's our guy now. He he has yeah. to be the guy, and I think he proved it once again in this game. No, I, I completely agree with with that uh, on. Um, how they have to view Spencer Rattler at this point. Um, yeah. Caleb Williams, you know, has just performed at the mm-hmm. next level, and it's been very, very impressive. Um, mm-hmm. I was curious to to think about actually that that call mm-hmm. with him taking the ball um, out of it, it was was it Jeremiah Hall or Kennedy Brooks? I can't I can't Kennedy Brooks. It was Kennedy it Brooks. Was Kennedy Brooks. Yeah, uh, taking the ball out of his hands. Um, I, mm-hmm. I found that play a little weird, like a little interesting, just because it's like it looks scripted like, or something. No, 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 no. The opposite. Like I don't know mm-hmm. if the call was right in that it looked oh. like you know forward progression had stopped. The player had mm-hmm. already gotten to the line of scrimmage, so mm-hmm. and, and it wasn't on a fumble. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it, it's well, just weird. I, I don't necessarily know if there's like a rule or not, or. or is it that a discretionary thing? What my understanding of forward progress is, has always been subjective in terms of when they call the stop, you know? Yeah. And when it's a crucial fourth down play like that, honestly, why not let it go? Like, like I mean, as long as no one's in a dangerous situation, let it go. Let's let's yeah. see let's see who which body falls first, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and in and, and, and that situation, I think they made the right decision letting it go. I know a lot of people wanted to see, and of course, I, people want to see the almighty Oklahoma fall in that point, or, or at least be closer to falling, because they were still leading at that point in the game. But um, it, I, I felt like it was the right call to, to just let him continue on, and it, it certainly made for a, a spectacular. I don't think I've ever seen Have you ever seen anything like no. that? I don't think I've ever seen a quarterback take the ball out 
of his running back's hands and run it in to convert the first down. That was sensational. Um, uh, you know, Kansas, Kansas man, you know, formidable defense. They really, I mean, you know, C- Caleb Williams had a, a decent game, but he, it's not like he flat out lit them up through the passing no, game. Not at all, no. You know, they kept them in check. Marvin Mims, in particular, man, only held a, what, one catch for 14 yards, I believe. Um, so he was pretty much just shut down. So they did a, a great job. Kansas State, I mean, or Kansas, Kansas State, Kansas, Kansas. Jayhawks defense, yeah. their, their defense, man, I, I got to tip my hat to them. They, they, they really turned on the Jets and came out to play, you know? All right, we've got one more recap um, that we need to uh, mm-hmm. zip through. This one again. It's another game where it wasn't ah, – it was a little bit telling for me. Uh, and the game we're mm-hmm. talking about is, and, and we did preview this one last week, Cincinnati and Navy. Uh, Cincinnati ended up just getting by in this one, 27-20, to 20, winning by a touchdown. Desmond Ritter went 18-30 for 176, two touchdowns and a pick. Um, the, the main thing with this game for me, uh, it, there's two things, uh, and then I'll be ready to move on to our previews. Uh, mm-hmm. For one thing, I don't like Navy's offense. No. I don't like it. Like, <laughs> no. I understand it's weird. I understand it's it's the triple option. Oh, I understand what they do. I don't understand why they do it, though. Yeah. Because... If you want to go... If we're all aiming for a national title here, and call me crazy for saying this, but I think every program should be aiming. It I doesn't agree. matter if you're, if you're Alabama or if you're, you know, Florida International or someone like that, okay? Yeah. You, you need to be aiming for the national championship game. And if you're doing that... You're not running the triple option every single damn game of every single damn year. You know? No, I mean, I don't know if it's just me. Sorry, yeah. Navy. It's not working. And that's yeah. pretty clear to me. Uh, I don't like it. It's it's weird in the bad way. It's not mm-hmm. weird in like, uh, you know, how, how do I put it? It's not weird in like fun play calling where you've got like a crazy amount of like motion and tempo and stuff like that. That's not the case. It's just weird and it just it doesn't work. It's clearly ineffective. Um, the other thing to me uh, with it is this is this shows a way to slow down if not stop Cincinnati's offense. And yeah. what Navy did is they were very much able to get Desmond Ritter confused they mm-hmm. were able to utilize uh speed use corner blitzes play man mm-hmm. coverage to receivers that aren't super great at getting themselves open and they played a bunch of stunts you know a lot of defensive motion a lot of weird looks you know ways to get under his skin and get him to throw in completions he threw for just over 50 percent that's not exactly what you need when you're the second-ranked team in the country. And I understand that you know Cincinnati was off to a relatively slow start to this mm-hmm. game, but still, this type of performance is not exactly what we're yeah. expecting out of you know the mm-hmm. number two country in the team, or excuse me, the number two team number in the country. Number two team in the country. Yeah, playing against Navy. You know that that's just you know somewhat yeah. un- unexpected. Mm-hmm. And honestly, that's all I've really got for for that game. Yeah, it's kind of cut and dry. Yeah, I just you know, I mean, 
Like the, I, I think you, you put, you know, maybe put up a, a a good performance in this one. They put Desmond Ritter. I, he actually completed sixty percent of his passes as opposed to fifty, but um, but still not that great. Still not a great performance 60, for Desmond I mean, Ritter. It was, it was yeah, 18, eighteen for thirty. Eighteen for thirty. Yeah. Yeah. Just so uh, have, for, oh, that's sixty on the back. No. <laughs> yeah, no worries. No okay, worries. Um, <laughs> you're all good. <laughs> no, uh, uh, but uh, you know, yeah, he was kept in check. Only one hundred seventy-six yards, two touchdowns. Had that one interception, which was just a weird interception, too. It looked like he just was panicky almost. And kind of hard to expect that coming from him, you know, considering the way he's played this year. And he's really seemed comfortable uh, navigating that Cincinnati offense, man. Luke Fickle, the job he's done with his team this year has been outstanding. But, you know, this is a a game where they, they, they got threatened by this Navy defense. This Navy defense, they're not too shabby, honestly. They got some they got some ballers on this team. Diego Fugo. Uh, their linebacker is actually pretty damn good. He's got three, 63 tackles on the season. Um, had nine tackles, two and a half tackles for loss uh, in this game in particular. And, and they threw a lot at them to just kind of keep them in check and not let them, you know, find too much of a rhythm. They, and that was clearly evident in the passing game. And even with Jerome Ford, who did have 90 yards rushing on 15 carries, but it's not like they, you know, uh, let him go over the top with 200 yards rushing, which he's very much capable of doing. I mean, Jerome Ford... Honestly, I like Desmond Ritter a lot, but I like Jerome Ford even more. I think he may be their most valuable piece offensively. That guy is explosive out of the backfield. He is so much fun to watch. He's going to be someone, you know, a lot of people are considering maybe Desmond Ritter being a Heisman candidate, you know, or at least maybe on the back end of the Heisman voting list, I should say, maybe like top 10 or something like that. Well, if he's in there, put in Jerome Ford as well. This guy's having an outstanding year, 6.8 yards per carry, 13 touchdowns. Got 800 yards rushing on the season, man. It, it just a ton of fun to watch. Absolute fun to watch, and 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 you know this was another uh, um, just nail bite. You know this, another nail biter of a game that we're talking about this week. But but you know I, I'm certain Cincinnati will will you know turn this ship around and get themselves back into the the right uh, uh, the, the right uh, direction. Um, you know they they've got a tremendous offensive line. Uh, a very good play call in their offense corner, Mike Denbrock. So there's just a lot to just really like about Cincinnati and, and feel comfortable about them going forward. They got Tulane next week, which should be kind of a tune-up game to get them back uh, to close out the season when they uh, face arguably their toughest competition since Notre Dame in SMU, uh, uh, closing out uh, on November 20th, um, or their second-to-last matchup in, on, on November 20th, I should say. So I, I expect them to just get back into a, a normal rhythm. Uh, but yeah, this was a, this got this got down to the wire, man. This this was a very close one. Um, I just think they need to stop running that 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 triple option. It just it's not working out. It really does not work. And we saw honestly, you know, with how much they lean on that, and then they rely on Ty Levitai uh, or Lavatai, excuse me, their, their quarterback. Well, they no, they're, they're like to throw. When I'm talking about him when he's throwing the ball, though, oh, like yeah. to like. Late in the game to kind of convert and get them in position to win because time's winding down. Well, he wasn't able to. He threw a ridiculously easy interception for for Cincinnati to pick it off. You know, with Arquan Bush, their nickelback sealing the deal. And it's it's like, well, maybe if you developed him more and walked on his game more, you'd be in a better position as opposed to just leaning on the trip option. So I just let's steer away from that. I would say if you're trying to vie for more than just going for a decent bowl game, which is what every program should be doing. No, I completely agree. Uh, we are real low on time, uh, mm-hmm. so we have to get through these four yeah. re, uh, pre-games, previews, mm-hmm. real quick-like. Um, 
This one's super interesting to me. We have the number 16 now, Baylor Bears, mm -hmm. hosting after a bye week. Also coming mm -hmm. off a of bye week, the Texas Longhorns in Waco. Uh, Baylor is a three-point favorite. Um, honestly, just based on the way that Baylor's defense has played and the way that their offense is starting to come together, especially under Gary Bohannon, um, mm -hmm. outright, I'm taking Baylor. Hmm. You know, that's the safe pick. I don't blame you one bit whatsoever. But you know what? I'm going to pull out of my sleeve the upset card. I got to go with that. I got to drop the upset card. But bam like yeah. that. You know, I got to do it. <laughs> like for me, it's it's all about this. I have to do it. I have to. I, I hate Texas. I can't I stand them. I, oh, God. The, the hook them horns. You know, oh, God. Jesus. Horns down. It's, it's nauseating, you know? Fine me. The horns to be There's my fine NCAA. <laughs> Try me. But I just, I can't, I, you know, they, 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 you know, they've won five of their last six games against them. They, they won last, last, uh, last year's matchup, too, which was by more than one possession. You know, obviously, this is a different team. they got a different coach with Steve Sarkeesian. I expect, though, that they're going to get themselves going offensively. I'm a big believer in Casey Thompson. He's been outstanding like this Thompson year. And, of course, Bijan Robinson. Bijan Robinson is a Heisman candidate. I'm putting it out there. Put the guy, he may be the best running back in the entire country. Maybe you go, uh, um, you know, uh, Kenneth Walker, the, the, the fourth, uh, you know, maybe a couple other guys that, that, that you could, Jerome Ford, for instance, we were talking about. Uh, Syracuse running back as well, on top of that as well. But, I think you just have to you have to acknowledge what he's doing. He's been outstanding. Uh, Xavier Worthy, too, uh, the receiving game, he's been outstanding as a deep threat. I'm going to say they're going to pull off the upset. I think they play Baylor very tough. They're going to they're gonna find a way to get that offense going. It's going to be a little too much for Baylor to keep up with and to, to stifle um, uh, out, of their, uh, out of their defense in particular. So I'm going to say, yeah, three, but I'll say a three-point win for, for, for Texas in this one. All right. Uh, looking at now, uh, coming from Columbus, Ohio, the number 20, Penn State and Indy Lions taking on number five, Ohio State. Uh, realistically, the only reason why this game is on here uh, is mm -hmm. just because it's a top 25 matchup. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's a division matchup. Mm -hmm. So uh, Ohio State is favored by 18 yeah. and a half. Oh, I don't know if that's even enough, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, just based on their performance last week, I certainly, certainly don't think Penn State's offense is nearly going to be enough mm -hmm. uh, between yeah. Sean Clifford's ineptitude to really break open a game, James Franklin's coaching, which has been yeah. suspect, to say the least. Mm -hmm. uh, and then don't forget, um, C.J. Stroud and uh, what's his first name, excuse me, um, Travion Henderson? Yes, exactly. He's I love watching him. Those two guys, and I mean, come on. They still have, you know, you know, some of the best receivers in all of college football, Ohio State does. Um, yeah, straight up, Ohio State. I'm taking Ohio State and the 18 and a half. I expect them to win and cover that spread. Uh, I, I've just lost so much of my kind of hope in Penn State. I mean, first off, at this point, that loss to Iowa now looks really bad. That mm -hmm. that Iowa loss looks yeah. really Oof. bad now. Yeah, um, it does. They may have gotten exposed after that, you know? And that's exactly what it looks like to me. Um, I'm taking Ohio State. I've really liked what C.J. Stroud has been able to do. 
And I do have to say, now arguably one of my favorite coaches in college football is Ryan Day, just within, with what, what he's mm. been able to do with the rotating yeah. door of talent that he's had to work with. Um, mm-hmm. It's been super impressive. Uh, I've got Ohio State plus, or excuse me, minus the 18 and a half. Yeah, he, he's certainly carried that torch from Urban Meyer from when he was there and, and, and you know, got that program back to the, the upper echelon again of, of, of constantly, consistently, year in and year out, vying for a national title game. Uh, and it's certainly no different this year. They are absolutely for real. I think, honestly, they, oh, Ohio State has a chance to – they have a chance to win this, like, 42-14. to 14. That's how bad this could be. If they shut down Jahan Dotson, honestly, that connection between Sean Clifford – and Jahan Dotson, it's a wrap. It really is a wrap for me. I, I just don't think there's any chance to keep this close. I don't think they're going to win it. Like, I'm not, is it possible? Well, anything's possible, I guess. If, you know, if, if you use that quote consistently, Everything then I guess it's possible. possible. <laughs> yeah, you can channel the inner Kevin Garnett there, you know. Uh, but uh, uh, that was so corny when he said that. By the way. I'm a big Celtics guy, and I like Kevin Garnett, but that was so that corny was when bad. he delivered that. That was rough. <laughs> oh, God. Um, but, yeah, I think this is going to be it. C.J. Stroud's outstanding. He's, you know, we talk about Kenny Pickett. Uh, uh, we talk about Matt Corral. We talk about Bryce Young. C.J. Stroud's that other quarterback that's going to be in the Heisman voting. He's, he's, he's outstanding this year. 22 touchdowns and three interceptions. Got the number one QBR in the nation. Unbelievable from him, Trevion Henderson. And, and one of the things that's so nice about him is he's spreading the ball around. Chris Olave, Jackson Smith and Jigba, uh, Garrett Wilson. There's so many weapons at his disposal that he's spreading the ball around to. And I think it's boding well for them. And I, I like what Ohio State's got going moving forward, especially against Penn State. Uh, um, so I, I have to feel comfortable with them. I, I see it easily, yeah, 42-14. No doubt about it, almost. All right. We've just got two more games that we're going to preview. Um Another SEC or well, an SEC mm-hmm. night game uh, from Jordan Hare Stadium in Auburn. Uh, the number ten Ole Miss Rebels go into Alabama to take on the number eighteen Auburn Tigers. Ole Miss mm-hmm. is coming off uh, the absolute steamrolling of yeah. uh, the LSU Tigers, and Auburn is also coming off a huge win, uh, beating Arkansas by fifteen uh, on the mm-hmm. road in Fayetteville. Um, Right now, Auburn is favored by three points uh, at home. So, realistically, this game is kind of a pick em. And this is a game that we were kind of chatting about a little bit before the show. I wish we had a little bit more time to talk about it, but kind of just to sum up uh, why I'm going to go with Ole Miss, I understand, you know, oh, look at who I've got in the background. Uh, <laughs> you know, of course, you know, like, oh, of course he is. Um, but. I just had a couple things. I feel like Ole Miss's defense, even though it's not good, uh, they do come uh, come up big in certain spots. They play yeah. pretty mm-hmm. pretty decent, I would say, situational defense when they need to. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the last I mean, last week they they made LSU absolutely one dimensional, which is impressive in itself because they do have a solid run game. Um, mm-hmm. And then when it comes to the offense, I think Ole Miss's offense is just you know leagues better. I mean, we're talking better quarterback, better receivers, better running backs, you know, better run game, like I would say in general, with the absolute three-headed monster. Well, even, scratch that, four-headed monster, because at this point, Corral mm-hmm. has the most rushing yeah. yards. That's a good point. You know, yeah. Matt Corral has the most rushing yards, and you're talking about, you know, you've got Jerrion Ely, who is just an absolute speedster. 
Henry Parrish Jr., who is coming into his own, and the literal freight train yeah. that is Snoop Connor. Because at this so point, fun to watch. I have seen him put multiple players in a casket this season. <laughs> and, and it's it's been really impressive to me. Uh, so I've got Ole Miss going in to Auburn. And uh, unless there's a little bit of tomfoolery like there was last season, <laughs> um, if you know what I'm – David, do you, you know exactly what I'm referencing with what happened last season? When I say oh, between Ole Miss and Auburn, yeah, um, the uh, oh sh- the punt situation. What was I'm trying to remember the punt. I'm trying to remember that. What happened again? Refresh uh, my memory. Yeah, no, Ole Miss was punting the ball away, and uh-huh. um, it bounced off the ground in front of the returner, and you could see pretty clearly the ball pop up and flick mm-hmm. off the returner's fingers. Like you could see his, oh, I think his, I do remember this. Yeah. his back two fingers kind of flicking yeah. up and Ole Miss recovering. And they were just like, no, it didn't touch him. That's all. That's ball. right. I do remember that. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's, that, 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 that was, was absolutely shameful. abysmal. So unless there's yeah. some more tomfoolery like that, I fully expect Ole Miss to go into Auburn and, uh, mm-hmm. and win this one. I do, too. But with... The uh, uh, the uh, worry, though, that it's going to be very close, I think. And it's not going to be because of Bo Nix. It's going to be because I wonder how much Ole Miss is going to contain the backfield of Tank Bigsby and Jarquez freaking Hunter, man. That dude's they're averaging so nine yards a pop almost out of the back. Nine both, yards! They're both so good. They're so damn good. They're so damn good. good. So fun to watch. Um and, and, and Auburn's got a stifling, you know, they're, they're, no, they're no joke defensively either. They're, you know, they're ranked 29th in the country, which is not too shabby, only holding teams to less than 20 points per game. Uh, Zacobin McClain, he's not too shabby at the linebacker spot. Roger McCreary, talked about him before, really, really solid as a corner on the season. Got a pair of interceptions, 27 tackles, but it, it just does not let you air the ball out deep too often against him. I mean, he's a stifling, you know, type of cornerback that can help, you know, impose his will and, and not allowing you to take advantage of him whatsoever. Uh, so those are my concerns. I could see this being a three-point game. I could see this being a, a down-to-the-wire game-winning field goal uh, uh, for, for Ole Miss necessity for them to win. Uh, um, you know, and so, but I, I love, again, like we had said, uh, with that being said, Ole Miss's offense is so much fun to watch. You hit the nail right on the head. They got their own Jerome Bettis out of the backfield and Snoop <laughs> Connor for crying out loud. It's insane. What that guy's been able to do, just constantly trucking guys left and right. Henry Paris Jr., Don Terry Drummond, so much fun to watch. There's just there's so much to do. And like you said, even with this defense, too, you know, with Chance Campbell, who won, you know, defensive player of the week for you, uh, you know, 56 tackles, four sacks on the year. He's contributing his part, you know, defensively. Sam Williams, Sam defensive Williams. end, has got seven and a half sacks on the year. Yep. Mark, with Robinson. Eight and a half. Mark Robinson yeah. playing very well. They, they they got some guys honestly that can contribute their their role uh, to their you know what their role is and 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 help mitigate this from getting out of hand um, and, and really for for certain I, I I don't feel any you know even with with Ole Miss's defense I don't feel too much of a worry in containing Bonex I'm not the biggest Bonex guy I just I think he's a game manager at absolute best at absolute best I don't think he's someone you can rely on to carry some team you know carry your team all the way there. It's a it's a nice throw here and there once a game maybe at best but that's really it from what I see from him. Um, I see Ole Miss coming away with this one, but nonetheless though with a three point game still keeping themselves uh, uh, um, rolling along with the win streak. All right, and last but certainly not least, we have mm-hmm. the Michigan, the Battle of Michigan. We've got mm-hmm. uh, 
Michigan Wolverines at, yeah. uh, is this at Michigan? Yes, this is at Spartan Stadium in East Lansing. At Michigan State, you've got number six, Michigan, taking on number eight, Michigan State. Uh, Michigan on the road is a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Mm-hmm. Man. Man, oh, yeah. man. This one is... It's a head-scratcher. Exactly. At least for me. You scratch your head right on cue. Literally, you know? this one is so tough because, you know, all in all, for the most part, it, it seems as though Michigan State, their offense is a bit more explosive. That uh, They have a little bit more firepower offensively. But mm-hmm. Michigan's defense has been really good. Um, yeah. Who do you got? Who do you uh, got? It's, it's, so, <laughs> it's, it's, it's even more difficult because it's in East Lansing, because it's an away game for Michigan. And, like, that is a very difficult place to play. Like, that's just – they're both mm-hmm. really hard places to play. Oh, it is, yeah. And the series is split, too, with yeah. in the Jim Harbaugh area. 3-3. It's his record against Michigan State. I'm going to go for the upset. I feel as though Michigan State's offense is just a just a bit better. I fully understand that their defense has been not good so far this mm-hmm. season, but I feel as though that they've got the offensive talent to go mm-hmm. ahead and exploit some of the weaknesses that Michigan um, hasn't really had to play anybody. I mean, realistically, their biggest win was against Nebraska or Wisconsin. Which, I mean, yeah. those aren't teams that necessarily air out the ball very much. So those aren't teams that are, are going to really put a, a big test to this Michigan mm-hmm. secondary. Whereas Michigan State most certainly can and will do so. Yeah. I, I don't blame you for, for, for picking that, honestly. I think it's... Oh, it's it, tough. That's a tough one. It, it's very tough. It really is tough, man. You know what? I'm gonna just stick. I'm gonna stick with a safe pick. Uh, this is so okay. pathetic of me. No, I'm, I'm gonna stick with a safe pick. I can't. And I'm gonna go that. Michigan. Yeah, I, I, I feel like I have to. I don't know. I just, I, I love their defense. I, I, you know, Mel Tucker's done a terrific job. Even though I thought the way he left uh, uh, Colorado was very unceremonious and very, ugh, it's so typical of college coaches to do the that that way. But nonetheless, I will say he has done a terrific job in his first year at Michigan State, really steering this program around in the right direction. So, um, uh, you know, um, I, I, or I'm sure, excuse me, this is second year, I should say, my, my mistake, because um, it was 2019 uh, that he left Colorado. But anyways, uh, I digress. I, I, I think you have to trust this defense. You have to trust Jim Harbaugh. You know, the, the, everything's going right for Michigan right now. They're 7-0 to start the season. It's been a while since this last happened. Um, I really believe in him. And, and I, by the way, I'm happy that we can finally stop, you know, uh, clamoring about how Jim Harbaugh needs to get it, get his ass out of Michigan because the guy can coach. He can coach. No, he's not Nick Saban good, and he's not, you know, maybe a Dabo Sweeney good, but only a handful of coaches that are that good. It's really those two that are winning national title games, you know, and and Urban Meyer when he was in the league, when he was in the NCAA as well. So it's just, it's like, like you, you got to understand that there's, there's not a huge pool. It's not like you can just say, oh, there's Nick Saban lying around. There's Dabo Sweeney lying around. You know, it's like... Come on, let's be real about it. Am I wrong? No, I don't think you're wrong, but I'm going to hold off my judgment on that point until mm-hmm. he plays Ohio State again at the end of the season. That's yeah, going to be and, my and, big judgment call because that's the yeah. rivalry. 
You they know still I mean. need to, yeah, and they still need to figure out some things offensively. The the, the ground game's great. I really love, Definitely. you know, Hassan Haskins. That one-two punch with Hassan Haskins and Blake Corum is really nice to watch. Blake Corum, in particular, 119 yards against uh, uh, Northwestern with, with a pair of touchdowns. Really fun to watch. And they're starting to, they're trying to figure out the quarterback situation too with Cade McNamara and and JJ McCarthy. Honestly, don't see much of a difference in terms of like the effectiveness of either quarterback through the passing game. It's really pick your poison in terms yeah. of who you want to go with. But J.J. McCarthy, I will say this, he's the more athletic guy that can get it done in the ground game. So if you want to lean on him, I get that because there's a lot of question marks of like, what, what should they, who should they go with, you know, uh, moving forward. Um, but I like their defense. Aiden Hutchinson, David, uh, David Ojabo as well, Ojabo as well. Uh, you know, each with five sacks on the season, they're really doing a good job of getting it done. Michigan State's no slouch themselves defensively. They have a great passing attack with Peyton Thorne uh, uh, and Jalen Nail and Jaden Reed, a great receiving tandem. Very, very formidable, very difficult for Michigan to, to have to go up against. But Michigan has a tremendous pass defense. Um, I think the, the key X factor of this game is shutting down Kenneth Walker the fourth. If they can do that, who's the number two runner in the entire country right now, if they can do that, they should be able to squeak by. But this could be as close. Do you remember that Ohio State-Michigan game? I think it was 2017. Maybe, no, it was 2016, I, I want to say. Urban Meyer mm. versus uh, yes. uh, Jim Harbaugh. Yes. And it, it got down to, I think it was Curtis Samuel converting that fourth down. Yep. I want to say it was that. It was something and like I, that, certainly. But he, he had the game-winning touchdown. I knew that. I think he yeah. converted the fourth down, and it was so controversial. That is how close I think this game will be, honestly. I think this will be a ridiculously close game it's going to be one possession at most and i think michigan's going to barely squeak by so i'm going to go with them probably like a 28 to 24 type of deal if you ask me i mean look uh, again i can't blame you for picking that michigan has been outstanding so far this season uh like like you also said I just see Peyton Thorne as just a more dynamic option, you know, yeah. than either oh, yeah. of yeah. Michigan's quarterback. So uh, that that's going to explain my pick, and I think that is going to wrap up our show. Thank you all so much for tuning in. We really do love all you guys out there. We, we appreciate all the love and support that we've been getting. Keep on racking up the likes on, on the YouTube. Keep on making sure to, to listen to us on Spotify. Uh, we've been working on getting out our, our content a, a little bit quicker for you guys. Mm-hmm. Um uh, we really do appreciate it. Uh, and before we head on out, thank you again to our sponsor, Symbol. If you go to Symbol.com, uh, you can use our promo code OTH to get a $10 deposit bonus on any deposit of $25 or more. That is it from us with the OTH Football Podcast, College Football Edition. Thank you guys for watching. Peace. Take care. Take care, guys.